On today's show, we ask a simple question. Who created Dr. Strange? Who created Dr. Strange? Dr. Strange, you know him most likely as Benedict Cumberbatch. He's coming to a screen near you. He's getting another uh, uh, big big screen treatment, big, big release with the uh, Multiverse of Madness. It's it's coming your way. It's, it's everywhere. We're being deluged on the internet, on TV. But who created Dr. Strange? Why is he so singularly specific? And, 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 and why is he so unique in the history of Marvel Comics? Well, I'm going to tell you straight from the mouth of Stan the Man Lee. Stan Lee himself, his own words, he imparts for you, and I share it with you today, who absolutely created Dr. Strange. To people who are in the comic book business, it's always been like beyond painfully obvious, but it does not get clearer than this exchange that Stan put forth. He wrote it. I'm going to read it to you. It's undeniable, and in the end, it is so painfully obvious. Get ready as I prepare to share this with you on today's Observations. Hey, everybody. This is Rob Liefeld. You are listening to another episode of Observations. We are going to keep you up to date with everything going on in the pop culture and the comic book space, because that's where my head is at all the time. I mean, the other day I was getting up, uh, we were watching the morning news and I, I just turned to my wife and I said, look, I'm, 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 I'm not, I'm not well. I'm weird. You married a weird guy. And she's like, no, I didn't. And I said, no, I think about planet of the apes and star Wars all the time. Now, just to explain planet of the apes was my jam. Like it was everybody's jam before star Wars. There was five movies, a TV series, a cartoon show, like, by the time 1974 rolled around and I still, I just want more of that world. I know Tim Burton took us to a different part of that world and Matt Reeves made two of those modern ones, but none of those, none of them stay with the classics. So that that's an aside. I'm a weirdo and who would do a show like this, but a weirdo anyway. I mean, I really do. I, I just become unapologetic about how absolutely strange uh, I truly am. And maybe... <laughs> Maybe you're listening and you're like, no, 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 I'm also strange. Well, our strangeness is what binds us, right? Isn't that it? I think so. I think it is. And uh, so we get to talk about all the strange and the weird stuff that we all love and obsess over um, on this show. And we're going to get into some hot button, definitely get into some hot button topics today. And, uh, you know, we'll, we'll get to it fairly quickly, but I, I'm, I'm going to go on a little, little bit of a rant here. And, 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 and I, it happened once and I, nah, I'm not going to do it. Then I happened the second time. Nah, I'm not going to do it. Then third now I'm like, yeah, I got to do this. Okay. I'm, I'm going to talk to you as a, okay. So a middle-aged dude, I'm a middle-aged comic book nerd man. Okay. And no one's going to dispute that again. I've been drawing comics, reading comics since I was seven years old. I've been doing this for 35 years. I got a lot of credibility. I've drawn Literally close to 5,000 comic book pages. You know, if if minimum, you know, there's five panels on a page. I mean, what are we looking at? 250,000 like drawings that make up comic books. I mean, I, I, again, I, I live in this world. Um, I've watched some of my characters become actors like Josh Brolin, Ryan Reynolds, Zazie Beats, uh, Minka Kelly. Upcoming, we got Jake Gyllenhaal set to play John Prophet. So, I mean, there's, there's, um, I've, 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 I've seen my stuff in video games and cartoons. So come on, I'm, I'm a middle-aged guy, kind of poured as much as I can into, uh, every possible, you know, iteration of my creations as I possibly can. I love comics. I've, there, there are comic characters I love that I know I will probably never, ever, you know, draw for you professionally. We've been down that road. I won't bore you, but I mean, there's, there's just stuff I'll just, even if I did have the chance, I would never ever get to it. But I come to you today as a, as a 54 year old middle-aged Southern California, uh, father. And, um, yeah, yeah, just adult man, not the father only plays into this in that I have the same concerns for my kids, but Rob's rants today is that we are dealing with some stupids. It's it's the stupids that can concern me. And of course, I'm not going to 
tell you any names. I'm just going to tie together three stories that happened to me within a week's time. And the thing that will connect all of these is that these people don't ask questions. And I am like, is that, is that, I mean, did, did I ask enough questions when I was a kid? I, I didn't really afford, I couldn't afford to. I've told you guys many times, you know, and this is not for emotional purposes. It, it tests your metal, you know, a, 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 as a person, as a man, as a woman. Um, I uh, graduated high school with no intentions of going to college. I didn't have good grades. My life, my junior and senior year were so just completely out of whack. Uh, my, my, my parents relocated. I slept on the couch in my sister's apartment uh, so that I could finish out my senior year and not leave high school and not go to uh, Chicago where my parents had relocated. But there was all sorts of drama and uh, uh, fi- my, my, my parents' finances were racked as a result of it. So upon graduation in 1985, I had a couple months, you know, to prepare for, for my eventual entry into the workforce. I first had to detour, go back to Chicago and care for my dad who was having his second uh, brain surgery because literally my parents flew in for my graduation and said, we need to talk to you. They pulled me aside. My grandparents who lived in Southern California, we were having my family graduation get together there. They had, uh, they had, uh, they had got that they, they had, you know, kind of tipped me off that my parents had some important news for me. And so they told me that they were going to be, uh, that my dad was going, his tumors had regrown. And this time they were, um, instead of his eye, which, which the tumors had grown behind, it was my dad's throat. And he did, he have he had a very froggy, uh, raspy voice that suddenly he, he had never had before. And that's because the tumors were, um, around his vocal cords and had separated them and had severed one of them. And it was getting more and more difficult for him to speak. And this is how he came up with these symptoms. Uh, of, and, and, and went to visit a, a much more celebrated doctor, uh, a doctor I've, I've spoken of before, Dr. Rimbaldi. And uh, he was much more accomplished. And my, my father was able to get uh, the surgery done by him back in Chicago. Uh, I believe it was at Northwestern Hospital, if, if this is all from memory. But I was told that uh, the day after I graduated high school, there would be no summer, uh, you know, with my, my friends, no no senior summer, I, I, I was being asked to come back with my p- parents and that I would tend to my dad while my mom worked her job the rest of the summer, which, you know, I'm a dutiful son. Um, I was overwhelmed by this news and didn't have time to be disappointed. That would come later while, when I was in Chicago. But, uh, you know, I, I went back there. My dad had a successful surgery. There was no blood clot, so there was no nine months in a coma. And that's a whole different story that I've told in the past where my dad was in a coma for nine months in 1978. Uh, almost, uh, you know, almost dead. Uh, they said he would be a vegetable the rest of his life. The doctors recommended pulling the plug. And, and so this time it was a relief that he was completely recovered, ready to go home in a matter of days. And then I had to tend to him most of the summer, kind of be his, uh, general, you know, nurse maid, which was great. I love my dad. I was happy to help out, happy to provide. Uh, it was a very enjoyable summer. I learned about watering holes. I went to many different lakes. Uh, I made new friends. My, 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 my parents had made friends with a couple that had used to go, that had gone to our church back here in Southern California early, early in my childhood. And they had two sons. It was great. And most importantly, I found comic stores. One was a 45 minute drive, uh, but I made it, and uh, I, I I maintained my love and my my commitment to comic books. But why am I telling you this? Because I came home in the fall. I rented a room from one of my friends and his family, and I began work as I've shared with you guys here before. I was a, a construction worker, Monday through Saturday, uh, three nights a week. I delivered pizzas, and the other three nights a week, I was bussing tables, and. Uh, with my buddies, they all there was a brand new restaurant in town, and I was bussing tables. So I put my heart, my, my time in from 1985 till um, very, you know, very early mid '86 was when I was able to, you know, start booking jobs and getting work, u- utilizing uh, my, you know, God-given talents to draw and to illustrate, and 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 started on my career, and it was great, and I loved it, and it was so, it was so, so much fun, but. Prior to that, in high school, I was a high school. I was a, I, I had worked at a print shop, 
and I had worked at a pizza delivery place. And the the, the, the print shop really gave me great, um, great, uh, uh, you know, tutoring for what would come in, col- in, in, in comic books and in publishing. And when I would start talking to printers directly to this day, um, you know, you've seen that New Mutants 87. Some of them are red. Some of them are orange. I literally just got one of the Avengers Deadpool Nerdy 30 covers that I did. Marvel sent me some comps. And some of them, Deadpool is almost hot pink. And in the others, he is the standard red. But you can see that is done by, you know, the the ink inconsistency and there's levels that you have to maintain even the computer has to be you know you have to watch it. the computer can can start uh, the computer doesn't control the flow of the ink if the ink goes low you know men have to replace the ink at least they did you know in in my age and i know now it's just like your home epson printer if it gets down on ink some that the colors aren't exactly right so the you have to put a new cartridge in and you have to start again and you have to reload and you have to reboot so my printing time, my, my pizza delivery, my construction, all of it just really uh, gave me a great work ethic. And so uh, I was working with a printer and this person decided to, uh, I had asked specifically to pay for an, an overnight, uh, not, not, not overnight, I specifically asked for Saturday. It's in all my emails, it's in all my exchanges, Saturday delivery, Saturday delivery, you know, since I was a teenager, Saturday delivery is an extra denotation. It is an extra mark that you put on the package to make sure that that package arrives on a Saturday. It's going to cost you more money. All the carriers have it. USPS, UPS, FedEx, that yellow and red company, um, that they're, all their packages are yellow and red. So everyone knows that's an extra denotation. So with this printer, I said, I need these because of the delays, because of this printer had had he almost actually screwed up the entire job by not paying attention to the emails and right before it went to press i was able to catch him and say what are you doing this isn't the covers that i've sent over blah blah well then because we missed the the optimal windows i wanted stuff sent to me for saturday and uh they said great i i i asked for them to build build it into the bill i'd pay extra for it i'm, I'm making all these you know denotations make sure you've got my Correct address. It's Saturday, Saturday, Saturday. Saturday came and when I didn't get it. I looked at the tracking they supplied. It was next day air, which means it's not coming till Monday or Tuesday. The guy doubled down. No, no, no. I, I, I did it right. It's next day air. I said it's not next day air. This is, this is not. I mean, this, this isn't Saturday delivery. It's next day air. Next day air and Saturday delivery aren't the same. I even showed him the definition of the carrier that he was using. He doubled down. Nope, nope. I, I think they didn't scan it correctly. It's going to be there. It's not going to be there. I didn't need to worry any further past 11 a.m. that Saturday that it wasn't coming. Along the way, never an acknowledgement that 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 the directions weren't followed because questions weren't asked, and it was just a random conclusion. And of course, I didn't get the package with the books. Not, you know, this is the end of the world. It was a it was a matter of convenience. I asked to be billed for the extra shipping. It didn't happen. Okay. You know, they would not in any way, shape or form acknowledge that they had done anything uh, to contribute to it not coming and insisted that next day air was something that they always use. Well, that's not true. You know what? I know it. Next day air does not mean Saturday delivery. That's bullshit. Well, moving on, one of the publishers I was using, uh, using, (laughs) working with had asked me specifically after opening my files, had questions about double numbering on the files. I said, there is no double numbering. The, the, those issues that you're getting repeats on four five, six, seven, one, those are on different issues. <clears> Though <throat> that, that's issue one, that's issue two. Okay. Check that out. And, uh, then it was followed with, Oh, okay. I, no, no, okay. I see it now. You're right. Guy was moving so fast. Didn't read the headers. Then cut top it all off. That night, we went with some friends. We went to one of our absolute favorite gelato places. And I, I stood in line, and the uh, young person came to help me. And I, I I love treating the help nice. I love giving good tips. You're going to get a good tip if you're out with our light Liefeld family because I was a busboy, because I was uh, somebody who relied on tips. My sons, my daughters, they've all worked in the restaurant business. They've all, all learned how to rely on tips, too, so they know firsthand how important it is. Well, 
It's easy. Scoop me the gelato, the, the, the flavor that I'm asking. We go over the size. I say that I want, uh, you know, the, 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 certain, the certain flavor. And she immediately begins to scoop into the, um, the Oreo instead of the, um, <laughs> instead of that flavor that I'm specifically asking her to. I stop her. I said, that, no, 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 that, that's not the flavor. She goes, sure it is. I said, no, no, it's not. It's, it, that's Oreo. It has Oreos. You need to go, you know, down here for the, I'll just tell you, Stracciatella. She's like, no, they're the same. I said, they're, they're not the same. Stracciatella is not have Oreos. Goes, I think they both have Oreos. I mean, and I said, please, please just, just scoop the Stracciatella. At that point, my wife was like, I don't know. We're going to have to get Rob help. After all of these um, different instances, it's a certain age group. And they're very stubborn and they're not asking enough questions. Ask a question. Ask a question. So, so Saturday delivery, Saturday delivery, it, does that require me doing something? You know, whenever I, when I speak to the printer, I say, look, I'm going to ask you these questions. I'm going to ask you questions like I'm in grade school. And I'm going to ask them very basically because I want to be answered very basically because I want to absorb the information as cleanly as I possibly can. It was Tom DeFalco in his capacity as, as editor-in-chief of Marvel Comics in 1989, who said, "Hey, Rob, you got to you got to treat the reader like 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 they're second grader. You got to spoon feed them, spoon feed them. You know that first few pages, you got to spoon feed the information. Never underestimate, you know, the simplicity of the information and the necessity the necessity, you know, especially periodical marvels. I mean, this isn't like prestige format, dark Dark Knight. This isn't Watchmen level adult stuff. This is like the basic rank and file Spider-Man Fantastic Four Avengers X-Men comics you're going to get. And he's like, do not at any time underestimate, you know, the simplicity of the information that you need to impart. And I get it. But man, in this country, you guys, what is going on? First, no one acknowledges uh, their, their mistakes. They just refuse. If you point out, hey, this is a mistake and I've, you know, I won't be ever, you know, unloading in an email or giving any sort of, you know, documented proof of, 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 uh, you know, some sort of breakdown of, of, of frustration. I just keep it above board because chances are the entire world can read it. That's my advice to you and just move along. And in all these instances, I just scratched my head and said, what is going on? How did you not read the header? Why is there a confusion? Why do you think there's doubles? These are from different issues. They say so in the header. Why is this? Why are you insisting that that next day air on a Friday is going to get me a package that costs more to deliver on a Saturday when I asked you to build it into the bill for the Saturday delivery? And then you're reaching for Oreo, not the Stracciatella, and telling me they're the same. Like, what is your problem? And they're not the same. This is crazy. Um, we we, we got to ask more questions. We got to ask a whole lot more questions because through the asking of the questions is the learning. It's the learning. I'm handing out assignments right now. We're remastering Brigade number one. It's going to come out later this summer. I've got a group of artists working on the remastering. We are wrapping up the remastering of profit number one. I send the page in to the artist. The artist says, I want this one. You know what I do? I screenshot that page. I write their name on it. I send it back and I say, so this has your name on it. This is the, we're going to agree. This is the page you agreed to. They said, yes. I'm like, good. We, we now are confirmed. I didn't just rely on them saying, yeah, I want page 17. Page 17 is not going to cut it. I'm going to get page 17. I'm going to screenshot page 17. I'm going to send it back to you with your name on it so that you then confirm that what I have given you is understood. It is simple. And again, do not underestimate how simple some of us all need to be communicating. I don't. I, I take great pride in 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 applying, you know, in, in applying this level of simplicity. I really do. I, I think it's great. And you can't ask enough questions. So instead of framing us as, you know, what's up with the stupids, the case of the stupids that we're, we're, we're suffering from ask more questions. Like you can't ask enough questions. Questions are good. Okay. So that's a rant. Now here's the deal. Here's the, the, that, that wound me up for the uncomfortable stuff. Uh, you might've read a couple weeks ago. Uh, so, so we had a new Dr. Strange movie coming Dr. Strange into the multiverse of madness. But I think it's all, I think you're being teased. I think you're being misled. I would personally, 
I would lower my expectations for that movie. All that stuff you've heard, it's just not true. It's just, it, it, it's, it, again, if it's too good to be true, is it? Yes. You know, you're not getting all these crazy characters that you think you're getting in these actors and cameos. You're getting some, but it's on the low end, not the high end. And you're not, you're really not getting the characters you want. You're going to just, just you wait. Okay. But uh, it's really, it's really a, an extension of WandaVision more than it is anything. Okay, it's a furthering of the WandaVision storyline with Doctor Strange, you know, walking alongside it. It's going to be nowhere near the, you know, oomph that you got from from No Way Home. But there's a character in it named America Chavez. I had never heard of this character before. I can't possibly read every comic book, so feel free to go. Oh, life out! I can't believe you're so misinformed. Yes. Yes, I am. What I'm not going to do is act like I know something about something that I don't. But then I looked into it. And I read a couple weeks ago that one of the creators of America Chavez, uh, Chavez, Joe Casey, uh, had said that he was not satisfied with the compensation that he was put forth by Marvel in regards to that character. And this is kind of, you know, uh, uh, something that's being built across, uh, you know, over time. Uh, since 2000 or, or, or earlier, I, I believe Marv Wolfman, Len Wein, uh, certainly uh, uh, one of the names behind Ghost Rider. I think all of the ownership challenges involving Blade, Wolverine, Ghost Rider have been challenged. They've gone through the courts and that's an expensive process and not all of them end up in the way that the Jack Kirby estate did with the uh, decisive victory or the Siegel-Schuster case, but those cost Really, that, that, that cost a ton of money to uh, to navigate through for all those parties. Because you're going up against giant corporations here. And I'm not here to advocate going up or not going up against giant corporations. But Joe Casey shared in, in, a, in an article in The Hollywood Reporter that he was dissatisfied with his compensation in regards to America Chavez. And, uh, and, and he says he's a grown man. He knew what he was signing. He just never thought that it would be maybe um, handled in the way that it was being handled. So that's all public. I'm only sharing with what's out there. The reason I'm sharing it is that Heidi McDonald, one of our best uh, journalists that, that we've ever had in the comic book industry, honestly, we, we Heidi is uh, extremely meticulous. She's well-connected. She's worked everywhere, Marvel, DC, Disney, when Disney was doing its, um, its uh, digest books. I mean, she's really well She's really worked everywhere. She's had her own site. The beat is fantastic. I love it. I love her reporting. I love, um, you know, her personality. And she's really beloved in the industry. But she will get in there and she'll write a tough essay when she needs to. And so she did here um, on this particular issue because, again, this week also the Thor Love and Thunder trailer broke and we saw uh, exact images of Esad Ribic's artwork on screen Uh that, that, that was, you know, influential to all the people, all the designers who were putting that film together. And so then there's an outcry on behalf of Esad Ribic. But but in, in Joe Casey's regard, there was some brushback. Heidi mentions this in her article about Joe Casey, America Chavez, Esad Ribic, Thor. And she says, uh, she says, Adi Granov, Adi Granov also, um, she, she, she mentions that these guys, uh, that in the case of America Chavez, that there's a group of people that are like, well, the America Chavez that we're going to see on screen isn't as fully formed, you know, as the one that later creators took took hold of. And, and, and you know, uh, this is something that we've heard before with other creators. And yeah, but you, you, you know, the character that you created and was really popular and well-received isn't exactly, you know, the character that you're arguing on the behalf of because somebody else added one other extra layer to it. Okay, great. You know what? George Lucas still created Boba Fett. doesn't matter what shenanigans he was doing uh, last year, last, last you know, late last year when it debuted in, in before New Year's, late 2021 and ran through 2022. I mean, the guy is... No matter what, good or bad, it traces back to George, his world, Star Wars, all of it. Um, you know, it, it, it's funny how people just they want to take away an element because for some reason they're uncomfortable rallying behind the creator. And we do have an have 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 a it's 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 this unease, and and it's almost like these guys 
that they look and say, oh, they don't deserve, they don't deserve, you know, to be lauded or to be compensated for this. Um, the world's moving really quickly, and, and some of these contracts don't reflect the, the, the quickness with which the world is moving and, and how things have changed and certainly not streaming applications, uh, you know, that weren't there when, when all of this was being created. But, you know, Joe's made his case, and then Heidi specifically mentions that there is a subgroup that is, you know, I'm not reading directly from it, but I just read it. This is all right in the sphere of what I read saying the subgroup is there trying to take away. And, and Heidi goes, none of that matters. He's still the guy that gave you America Chavez. He's the guy who created America Chavez. And it's funny to me how the fans don't rally around this more often. And I, I'm telling you right now, Marvel, so many of these characters, I already mentioned Blade and Ghost Rider and, and Wolverine, but so many of these characters are subject to uh, to to controversial claims. Now, the one we're going to talk about is the biggest of all. It, it gets to the heart of Doctor Strange. Doctor Strange himself. Who created him? Well, I've got an excerpt today because, you know, I'm doing the digging and, and this stuff is coming up. I'm doing, you know, I've got these excerpts. This is from Comic Reader. Comic Reader is a magazine that ran through my childhood, my youth. I got it at the comic book store. It started as a newsletter that was passed out among comic book retailers, stores, people who where, 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 where comic books were sold. Several retailers held on to their editions, and you know it's 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 you know no typeset, no typesetting. It was just on a on a really old school typewriter, and then it was uh, you know copied and distributed and it was the, and folded and that is your copy of the comic reader okay so in this interview in the comic reader uh stanley did a uh did did an has an excerpt in in this uh comics reader where he is talking about uh his time on his time on uh, on and with in, in Doctor Strange. And so the the interesting part of all this is that what I'm going to read to you is from is directly from uh, uh, Stan Lee himself. It's it's going to shock you a little. OK, it's definitely going to 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 shock you um, just a little because uh you know, it, 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 this is not me improvising. I what I will be reading from to you uh, it, it is directly from from Stan's own mouth, and and you go, whoa, what's going on here? Like, and then later we're gonna bounce around. We're gonna you know jump into uh, some uh, again further commentary from Jack Kirby because because we should still be discussing this stuff because this stuff is worthy to discuss. And I think there's some arguments that, that, that can be made on both sides, uh, more on one side than the other. I gotta be honest. And again, I don't ever view, um, Stan in anything as, as a, um, uh, you know, my, uh, my, ver my vision of what I'm sharing with you is based on my own eyes over 40 plus years. Okay. So, uh, here's the deal. Stan, uh, you know, in the comics reader in 1963, published by, I'll, I'll tell you right now, Jerry Bales, B-A-I-L-S, okay? Uh, says straight out, okay? He says, you ask for some future plans. This is Stan writing in the comics reader. Well... We have a new character in the works for Strange Tales, which is where Doctor Strange is going to debut. Just a five-page filler for a character named Doctor Strange. Steve Ditko is going to draw him. It's got sort of a black magic theme, reading directly from Stan's typewritten statement. The first story is nothing great, but perhaps we can make something of him. Twas all Steve's idea. And I figured we'd give it a chance. Although, again, we had to rush the first one, too. 
Little Sidelight originally decided to call him Mr. Strange, but the thought of Mr. was too similar to Mr. Fantastic. Now, however, I just remember we had a villain called Dr. Strange just recently in one of our mags. Hope it won't be confusing. Oh, well. Right there, I have it highlighted. The first story is nothing great, but perhaps we can make something of him. Twas all Steve's idea. Okay. Again, a group of retailers were shuffling this around. And, uh, you know, you sit there and you go, Doctor Strange, you know, the movie that we saw is uh, came to us past Steve's death. And Steve Ditko... Uh, very much um, protested in every possible way uh, <clears throat> that both Spider-Man, which we've covered a little, and Doctor Strange was completely his uh, his creation. Now, in the movie, at the end of the Doctor Strange movie that we all saw with Benedict Cumberbatch, not not the not the sequel. I obviously we haven't seen that. Uh, it says, based on the Marvel comics by Stan Lee and Steve Ditko. Okay, no true created by credit. Isn't that interesting? Um, but uh, the, uh, the real interesting aspect is when you look at not only, uh, not only Spider-Man, but more so Doctor Strange was built on the back of... Uh, very specific Ditko-esque visuals, okay? Um, the world of Doctor Strange and why I loved it and why I almost drew it. Again, you guys, I was I was approached. I, I don't know which podcast this was, but I covered it in greater detail. I was approached. They were going to do a redo of Doctor Strange in like 1988, 1989, and I was coming off of Hawk and Dove. I was waiting for more X-Men assignments from Bob Harris, who had um, invited me to come over to Marvel following the success that I had on Hawk and Dove. An editor named Ralph Macchio, who I had known as a writer, who I really enjoyed his work on Marvel 2 and 1, where he was paired with Mark Grunewald, and they gave us such classics as Project Pegasus, The Serpent Crown Affair, this great Starhawk, uh, Adam Warlock saga. I mean, they were a dynamite writing team. Well, Ralph Macchio had become an editor and he said, hey, well, we're looking to reboot Doctor Strange. I think you'd be perfect for it. Well, I had seen how Todd in just a short time in 1989 was starting to transform Spider-Man with his very Ditko-esque approach to the character, a modern Ditko-esque approach. And I said, wow, I think there's even more Ditko-esque stuff to play with in, in Doctor Strange's world. The Eye of Agamotto, Dormammu, Nightmare, and, 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 uh, uh, Baron Mordo. I'm going to tell you right now. Really, those are Doctor Strange's three, only three villains. And if you're only going to have three villains and that's your entire rogues gallery, it's the best rogues gallery ever. Dormammu is very unique. Um, uh, 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 you know, the, the mindless ones, these crazy one-eyed kind of stone cyclops beasts. They're, the, the one eye is almost like a giant visor of light. Uh, but then Baron Mordo, extremely creepy and amazing looking and, uh, and just, just smug. And, uh, oh, I, I, I thought Mordo, oh, what a great, what an amazing, he's an A-list villain. Then you've got, uh, you know, Nightmare, uh, small aside, if you follow my work, um, in Marvel Comics Presents, I think it's in 1990, uh, I wrote a eight-page story that Jim Valentino drew about Wolverine being visited by Nightmare in his dreams. I'm really proud of it. I think it's in the Rob Liefeld Omnibus, I'm pretty sure. Um, but it was, again, my, my obsession with Nightmare and all the Doctor Strange, all the Ditko stuff is, is, uh, is you know, eternal. I think the Doctor Strange world is one of the most interesting, unique, artistic visions. It, it, it is completely based on all the visuals, um, which are unique to everything that Steve Ditko started and would continue in his career where he would then later give us the Creeper, he would give us the Charlton characters, um, the Question, Captain Adam, um, Hawk and Dove with their mystical components. This this stuff is really sewn into the fabric of who Steve Ditko was, even more so than the creepy aspect that he was giving us on Spider-Man is the supernatural, crazy world building. I mean, the universe, the, the other dimensions, um, all of the mystical uh, visual visual you know components that are in Doctor Strange are uh, 
are 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 they're dazzling. They're absolutely dazzling. I I, I don't use that word a lot, but they are dazzling. They are one hundred percent dazzling. It is signature Steve Ditko, signature Steve Ditko work, and the uh, the fact that Stanley is telling you about something that's coming and right there casually saying it's not my idea. It's all Steve Ditko. And then Stan goes on and probably did his scripting. And then because of his family relationship at Marvel, I can assume that, again, it was kind of like, no, 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 we need to always be uh, asserting a creative control and treat Steve more like work for hire. And if you're Liefeld, you're digging up all this dirt. No, it, this is fresh. This is this is this is going around, and 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 I'm I'm sharing it with you because the copies were given to me, and I uh, and um and and I'm telling you right now that uh, that this this uh, I'm telling you right now that that this is again it's uh, the best word I can say is it's fresh, and again you look right there and it's it's you know. What is what is Stan saying? I'm going to read it one more time. You ask for news of future plans, he writes for the comic reader. Well, we have a new character in the works for Strange Tales, just a five-page filler named Doctor Strange. Steve Ditko is going to draw him. Sort of a black magic theme. Sort of. I mean, Stan is talking about this as if he doesn't even know what it is. So how is he in any way, shape, or form than the creator of Doctor Strange? Food for thought? Okay. <clears throat> The first story is nothing great. Okay, he's, he's demeaning also the effort. The first story is nothing great, but perhaps we can make something of him. Twas all Steve's idea, Steve being Steve Ditko. And I figured we'd give it a chance. Although again, we had to rush the first one too much. Little sidelight, his word sidelight. Originally decided to call him Mr. Strange, but thought Mr. a bit too familiar with, uh, similar to Mr. Fantastic. Now, however, I just remember we had a villain called Dr. Strange just recently in one of our mags. I don't know what that is referencing to. This is Rob talking. That is side commentary. I don't know what that's referencing. Then he says, dot, dot, dot. Hope it won't be too too confusing. Oh, well. So, where we heard this before? Um, Well, I'm going to tell you right now. Uh, In in the world of, of, uh, you know, that is the the group, like, um, in the world that was what was going on with Stan, with with Jack Kirby after he left Marvel Comics in the 70s and he went on to do uh, all of those amazing DC Comics, The Third World, where he gave you Orion, Light Ray, Dark Side, I mean, uh, uh, you know, uh, Calabac, The Forever People, Mark Moonwriter, Beautiful Dreamer, Viking the Black, um, I mean, I mean, the, the, the guy went Mr. Miracle, Big Barda. I mean, the guy went crazy. He, he flexed so hard. Omac, Commandy, uh, the demon. I mean, obviously Jack went, went just ape over. He went ape shit. He just went out of his mind, giving us some of the most incredible, uh, uh, creations of his entire career. He really stepped up to the plate. So, Jack Kirby spoke of, and this is capitalized in a book that I actually absolutely loathe, you know, called Marvel Comics, The Untold Story, which is just full of just a lot of agenda shit. It's a pot stir. But this was vetted, and here is a quote from Jack that is in that book from an interview that Jack had given in the 70s, where he was not shy at all comparing his new employer, DC Comics, to his old one. He says, this is Jack Kirby. I don't have a feeling of, I don't have a feeling of repression that I had at Marvel. He told an interviewer, I was never given credit for the writing I did. The Fantastic Four was my idea. It was my idea to do it the way it was. I'm not saying Stan had nothing to do with it. We talked things out. I was faced with frustration of having to come up with new ideas and then having them taken from me. Uh, I mean, that's from Jack Kirby's mouth. So, so what is Stan? So, so Stan Lee is telling you that Steve Ditko created Dr. Strange, not impressed by it, thinks it was rushed, uh, tells you it was all Steve's idea, thinks it's about black magic. I mean, all of these real, you know, confessions of someone who is being fed, you know, this is what's coming from the person who's going to generate it. 
And then you got Jack here that's saying I was never given the credit credit for the writing I'm I was doing, and and that I would have my characters taken from me. Uh, you know, famously, if you don't know who Funky Flashman is, Jack Kirby went on to introduce a character that looked exactly like Stanley, exactly identical. He w- it was Jack Kirby drawing Stanley in DC Comics, and his name was Funky Flashman. He was a smooth-talking, fast-hustling promoter who bore more than a passing resemblance to Stanley. Funky Flashman, clean-shaven and bald, began his day by donning a toupee and a beard mask. He spoke in alliterative phrases, making promises he didn't intend to keep. Tailing close to him was House Roy. House Roy is a simpering assistant that looked exactly like Roy Thomas, who Stan had elevated to his uh, his successor over at Marvel. And so Jack called him House Roy. At the end of one story, Funky Flashman blithely sacrifices House Roy to a quartet of angry warriors, and then he made his slippery escape. Um, again, so you got Jack... House Roy, offend, I think, was of great offense to Roy Thomas. And, uh, you know, maybe somebody needed to tell Roy that he couldn't write feet. Uh, you you got to get used to some of this. It comes with the territory. If you're going to be a public figure, you're going to do stuff, you're going to get skewered, okay? Um, the thing is that you got Jack and you got Dr. Strange. You got Steve Ditko. And Steve Ditko, I've, I've shared with you guys, he showed, you know, He's got a famous uh, cartoon that he shares, and I, I shared it when we did our Spider-Man 60th anniversary podcast that you should listen to, where he says what Spider-Man would be with Stan Lee, which is a blank page, and what I brought to Spider-Man, which is then everything Peter Parker, Spider-Man. Um, she got real uh, uh, continuing uh, discourse between all these parties. I know Jack. I, I, as I've said, I got to know Jack very well. Uh, Jack was a fan of my work, my peers' work. I was able to dine at his house, visit with him, have multiple meals, dinners, um, shared panels, did did panels with him at different shows. And, uh, man, it was so, such a great time, so much fun. Uh, he, th- th- This is consistent with everything that he would always say. This is consistent with everything that he would always say in regards to uh, how he felt in regards to his work and, and that it was compromised and where I go to Steve Ditko and Dr. Strange this is what I'm going to lean into look at the art look at the very specific world building that is done with the illustrations you can you, when you go and you see a world and it is built and, and and something like Star Wars which I have told you in 1977 was such a departure for ev- from everything that had come before it the year before the big sci-fi breakthrough Logan's Run 1976 put out by MGM was could not even sniff the largesse of the vision that Star Wars put forth, the Star Destroyers, the X-Wings, the TIE Fighter, the Death Star, Tatooine, Sand People, Jawas, you know, uh, uh, I mean, land land speeders, lightsabers, Jedi Knights. The world building was amazing, and it was a visual feast. The Stormtroopers, very visually, you know, specific. Uh, the way that Obi-Wan and, and Luke Skywalker looked like they were characters in the Bible, specifically, I mean, Obi-Wan looked like a prophet out of, you know, Isaiah, Jeremiah, um, Zechariah. I mean, he, he, he is uh, very old school, desert, biblical looking, you know, uh, Darth Vader looking like a, a, a samurai, like, like, a, like, like a shiny, glistening samurai warrior. I mean, a space samurai, no less. Han Solo looking like, you know, he's a cowboy hanging out at Western Cantinas, you know, and that Western motif has really been something they've leaned heavily into in regards to Mandalorian, Boba Fett. So visual cues and, and, and world building is we understand it. We, we, we absorb it, you know, visually. Uh, my world, my style, the pouches, the shoulder pads, you know, the knee, the knee pads, uh, the, 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 the bulky gloves, all of this stuff, you guys, this is all part of me building a world. I didn't want to draw like other people. And I created, you know, people with face masks, head guards, wavy hair, ponytails, braids. That was my visual imagery, imagery that I provided that you would be able to tell a Rob Liefeld drawing from. And I am telling you that Steve Ditko uh, was doing the same thing. And so much of what Doctor Strange was put forth by Steve and his presentation. And we have this admission by Stan in his own words, typing up this newsletter for the comic reader 
where he tells you this is what we got coming up next and there, here's something that i didn't really participate in and i it's i think it has to do with black magic and steve ditko came up with it and you know um but again he's weighing in on the names in his editorial capacity as running marvel comics so he has an imp- he can put his imprimatur on it but again you know we don't have to argue in this one whether Steve created it. It appears right here in full confession mode. Stan Lee says Steve Ditko created Doctor Strange. And if you look at Doctor Strange, you will not doubt for one minute that Steve Ditko, Clea, Strange, uh, Wong, Dormammu, Nightmare, the Mindless Ones, all of the different worlds and dimensions. Um, I mean, Steve Ditko was putting his signature imprimatur on this world because he created it. That I, I 100% believe that it, it is that look followed him. It was signature to him. It was like nothing else that Stan would ever come up with. And again, I'm not condemning Stan. I think Stan was part of a, a process, a business that was family run. He had family ties and, uh, and there was a way that business was handled. And, and, and in his mind, I am certain there was not wrongdoing being done. I believe that on behalf of the company and the family that he was serving, he is, he felt like these were great opportunities that he was supplying for people like Kirby and Steve Ditko, both of which had watched him come up underneath them, younger than them. And again, you know, Jack and Joe Simon had already created entire universes worth of characters. I mean, from Captain America, you know, fighting American, uh, uh, you know, uh, j- j- so much of the stuff that they did for Archie, um, they, they were already well-versed in creating and making comics. And uh, so 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 I don't believe there's malice. I don't have malice to share. I've done a dedicated episode on Stan and Jack, several on Stan and Jack, and then one on Stan and Jack. And I'm telling you, Stan was the host that Marvel Comics needed. Ryan Seacrest has never not hosted American Idol, and it has always been a success. And I believe Stan Lee... As I just cut into the chase, what I say in these podcasts, Stan Lee services and and you and 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 served the exact same purpose. He was the host of Marvel Comics. He was your host. He introduced you. He presented the acts. He it was like a, a very necessary position in order to draw eyeballs. And then he was able to get out even till the end of days. If you don't think he was an ambassador, pushing, promoting, you know, making sure that that people were enjoying and being introduced to Marvel Comics, even in his 90s, out there as what you call the front man. So I don't have malice, but I think as we put on our sleuth hats, sometimes the evidence is way too hard to dismiss. I mean, the overwhelming evidence that Stan Lee himself, out of his own mouth, declared that Doctor Strange was the byproduct of a Steve of Steve Ditko's imagination, of which he then would come alongside and share in. You know, so whether it's America Chavez or a kick-ass drawing that serves as a storyboard that serves as really a, a visionary piece of art to hang a giant trailer moment on in a new Marvel comic, you know, it is the the dreamers are the comic book guys, the architects of comics and the architects of pop culture are your comic book creators. And I, I just want to wrap this part of today's segment up with saying, support them, support them more. That, 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 that's what I'm imploring. And if I lose listeners over it, then get out of here. I literally do not care. My fellow comic book brethren deserve your support and you should rise up and support them as loudly as you possibly know how to, because the, uh, whether it's David Michelini who has written, you know, endlessly at, at that, that there is no Venom, there is no Scott Lang as Ant-Man, uh, there is no Taskmaster without him creating those concepts and, vision, and envisioning them on the page for the artist to draw and him saying, well, maybe if you're not going to give me creator status, maybe give it, give, it, give it to me as originator. Whatever it is, support your comic book creators. We are the architects of pop culture. We are the dreamers and the makers of dreams. And none of this is coming to you without us. Steve Ditko is dead. Jack Kirby is dead. Stan Lee is dead. They are not going to work this out. This went to the graves with them, these feelings that they had. But we as fans can show them by speaking their names, talking about their accomplishments, calling, you know, the obvious, the obvious. Doctor Strange looks 
100% like something that Steve Ditko manufactured, especially back in the early 60s when he was doing it. No one was doing what he was doing. No one. He was such a unique style. I've said time and again, early on in Marvel, when you look back, Jack Kirby is not fully formed yet. He fully forms four to five years in. Steve Ditko was the more accomplished, the more polished talent when Marvel started. Spider-Man and Doctor Strange and the early um, issues of Hulk that he inked and the stuff that he helped out as Marvel was being launched are so enhanced by his, uh, you know, veteran skills. And his he, he, he is much more polished. Jack becomes, I mean, by, by, by Fantastic Four, 60, 70, 80. I mean, this Jack is becoming this tour de force, but in the beginning, Steve is the superior draftsman, artist, figure work, storyteller. It's, it's amazing. And these two guys are the pillars, but there you go. Stanley, his own words gives the credit completely as I believe is obvious to anyone that, that Dr. Strange is, is a product of Steve's creation. And again, I celebrate all of what they have done because if they don't and, and 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 if the comic community and my fellow creators and myself don't pour our guts out on the page, you don't get these great worlds that, that you get to escape to now, uh, whether it's streaming or at the Cineplex. And, you know, I guess uh, it's just uh, circling all the way back to where Heidi says, you know, it doesn't matter whether you think that the America Chavez that you're about to see on screen is 100% reflection of what Joe Casey came up with and he came up with him and he named her and he created those powers. Oh, but it's, you know, look, stop trying to take away from creators and celebrate that they did it at all. Period. Man. Oh man. Time certainly does fly when we are, uh, discussing, sharing, uh, going back and forth on some of this, uh, information. Again, this Dr. Strange, uh, uh, excerpt from the comic reader, just boom, you know, dropped into my lap. I figured this was the time to share it. So I've shared it. I got a little fired up. I like getting fired up. I love getting fired up for creators rights for creators. Um, again, you know, uh, uh, the, 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 the stuff that, that we do nowadays, um, completely soars in front of you. And, uh, so often we are told to just step to the side, step to the side. I think you guys know, I have no problem kind of, you know, making, making it known what uh, I'm responsible for and because you need to, you need to be bold. So boy, okay. Got, got, got a little, got a little, uh, got a little excited there. Uh, hope you, hope you enjoyed that. I mean, opened the vaults, the deep vaults with this one, this one about, about Dr. Strange and Stan Lee and Steve Ditko. And, and, uh, I, I don't know. I think it's, I think it's really revealing, but here's my final thoughts, final thoughts. Cause I was talking to this with my buddy, final thoughts on all of this creator ownership stuff and new creators. You know, I was thinking back and when I was a kid, like, like, a, like a character like Wolverine, he blew up in the comics. He blew up from the page. We wanted to see more of him. We got more of him. Uh, they expanded him. Clearly his impact, uh, would cause sales to increase, expand. He got his own mini series. It was a monster. I've done a dedicated podcast on that. You should see, you should look up the Wolverine. It's, uh, one of my earlier episodes in, in, in season one, it would be sometime probably, uh, early summer, uh, mid summer 2020. If you want to look it up, the Wolverine, it talks about, uh, the influences, how they took from a very popular novel to kind of, uh, steer his story into this, um, you know, uh, a whole feudal Japan kind of themed miniseries, but that thing blew up and then, then there was no looking back. Wolverine happened in the comics. The toys happened in the comics and, and, uh, interest in, in spinoffs. And, and of course, then that fueled the amazing animated series, but, but characters so often happen in the comics in, 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 I mean, it's not recent years because it's 30 years, but Venom, Deadpool, Harley Quinn happened in the comics. They blew up. They became characters that people couldn't get enough of. Same format, same, you know, kind of blueprint that was, that was followed with Wolverine was, you know, they saw the interest in, in Deadpool and in Venom cable. I mean, you know, I'm, I'm leaving cable out here and these characters, they carried, I've told you guys my single most proudest achievement in comics will always be new mutants 100 to track 13 issues back to you know 100 and 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 7000 copies 
to boom, a million copies, no gimmicks, no scratch and sniff, no pullout cover, no triptych, you know, uh, connecting images. It was just boom. It was just the, the, the force of, of will that was being put on the page and, and, and you guys responding to it. And, and that is, there's nothing more exciting. And of course, Marvel would figure out to their credit as, and DC tried to do the same, how to, you know, amplify that. Suddenly they got a signal, they got a boom, they want to amplify it, but pretty much the entire X-Force cast, but the standouts, Cable, Deadpool, they start appearing in other books. You know, Deadpool would appear in Nomad. Deadpool would appear in, you know, um, um, you know, the Defenders. Deadpool would go off to his own series. He was a supporting cast member in X-Force. I mean, it just, you know, and, and then in the comics in 2009, you know, four Deadpool titles, four monthly titles. The one thing I can say about Axel Alonso is the dude loved his Deadpool. You had Deadpool, you had Deadpool, Merc with the Mouth, you had Deadpool Core, and you had Deadpool Team Up. Four monthly Deadpool titles uh, from around 2007 to 2010. Uh, really a four-year stretch that, that, that you were getting a lot of this. Well, here's the deal. Nowadays, it seems as if the, the, the characters, very few of them are homegrown. Okay, and and then you get speculation. Are they going to be in a movie? Are they, are they going to be in the movie? You know, the aforementioned America Chavez. No one said anything about her. She wasn't moving a needle. She wasn't expanding. She wasn't getting her own multi, you know, series. But then, boom, she went in a movie. Word goes out. Phone gets picked up. Call Marvel Publishing. Tell them, you know, this is going in our script. We're going to make this. Suddenly, they reignite the fire. Get her back in the forefront. Get some specials out. I mean, again. It's, it's the, the, you know, the speculation now happens on both sides. Uh, and, and I, I get it. Look, profit character. I'm very involved with right now as we build, you know, the, 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 we pave the road towards his, you know, coming on as filmed entertainment on the big screen. You know, he was super popular. We spun him off from Youngblood. He got his own series at, at, at image profit has been published, you know, throughout the last 30 years, we did an extended run with him, you know, about, about seven years ago, we, 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 we did, I mean, multiple trade editions, hardcover. I mean, we, we, we really, you know, expanded on his lore. He's a popular character. Will his appearances go up as soon as he gets the media treatment? Yes. But there are some characters who are only getting, uh, popular because of media speculation and they come and they go. And if you paid a lot of money for that first appearance of apocalypse, my retailer friends, they bring that up all the time, you know, that stock dropped. And so, Here's the deal. As every week something comes out and don't get all fired up at me yet. Let me finish. Don't, don't be like life. You can't tell me how to spend my money. You're right. I can't. And I won't. What I'm going to implore you to do is buy what you like, buy what you like, buy what you love, regardless of whether it's going to be in the next series or in the next, you know, movie franchise, because, because chances are it, it, there's a lot of hit and miss involved. Okay. And, and, and again, I mean, so many, how many do you want me to go through and list in the last couple of years? There's always more misses than there are hits. And, 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 and some of those bigger prices that you're paying, they're just not worth it. They are literally just not worth it. Um, I, I, I shared with you guys at WonderCon, I saw some really expensive first appearances of Moon Knights. They were in really nice condition. I'm not paying the top price for Moon Knight the weekend his show airs. That is, that is paying at the highest possible rate. Now, maybe later in the season, you know, three months after the show's off, maybe that comes down. I, not maybe, it will. It will absolutely come out, come down. But there is so much, even in the comic books, they're introducing characters. And they're like, hey, hey, you know, th this is going to be, this is going to be in, in, in the next movie. There was a, there was an auction re recently, uh, and one of the guys trying to move the page, the page was kind of stuck. Nobody was bump starting it. He's like, this villain, only a matter of time till you see him on screen in the MCU. And I was like, oh my gosh, it's being used at the auction level now to try and get you to jumpstart your interest in that page because, you know, it's stuck and, and they want to pump it a little more, a few more thousand dollars. Well, roll it out, say it. He may be coming to the MCU one day and you don't want to miss out. You don't want to be the guy that, that didn't get that page once he makes his appearance. Again, buyer beware, buy what you like. Uh, look, here, again, am I telling you not to speculate? That is up to you. You do that. You do the speculation. I got tired of it years ago. And was I, was I driving all over town, grabbing 
Conan appearances in the Avengers because my buddy said, that's going to be hot. Avengers and Conan, you got to get it. This is his first appearance. He's in the last panel of the new Avengers that's coming out tomorrow. You better get it because then Savage Avengers is coming. Conan alongside, you know, Wolverine and Venom. And So guys, I've gotten caught up in it. I've done it myself. But really, what are the homegrown characters? What is the last homegrown character? The character that moved the needle, that got the video games, the action figures, um, um, you know, the 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 juice going just from the comics, not because they were going to be in a a movie, you know, or a streaming series that's going to temporarily give them a bump because it's semi-artificial. It is absolutely semi-artificial. That the homegrown stuff lasts, and and that's generally how it has always played and how it always will play. So you know, just some food for thought, final thoughts, something to think over. Buy what you love. And, and if you love speculating, by all means, do that. My buddy told me, that's how the business works. Come on, Rob, this is what it's about, man. Every week we speculate, we speculate. If if you can afford to, and, and that's what drives your interest, more power to you and, and go with God. I, I, I just figured I'd put it out there and, and, and talk about it. Here's the deal. The end of every episode, we read your reviews. You guys leave all of these awesome reviews for us on the different platforms. I read them here on the show at the end of every show because I cannot believe how generous and kind and 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 how um just the 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 love that you give to this show and and I just thank you guys so much for all the love that you give to this show. So let me read today's uh, uh, review. And again, these reviews help us. They help us um, pop on these different platforms and separate us. And you guys, oh my gosh, like literally, I don't know what's happening to this show. Thank you so much. It is soaring. Um, I, I, I'm, I'm so thrilled and thank you that you guys have come along for this ride. I cannot believe we are going to enter year number three here within like a few weeks. It's crazy. This, this lonely, you know, uh, soulless that I saw at, at this microphone during, during that absolute shit pandemic has, has turned out to be quite the, um, outlet for my big mouth. So, Hey, this is from M A J S J J D Maj. Sid, Maj Sid. It's it's it. This is his moniker. This is where, this is the 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 name that he has left this review. And it says legendary creator, legendary podcast. He gives us five stars. I thank you, sir. I do not take those stars lightly. Thank you. He says Rob's observations is consistently my favorite, most looked forward to, and unmissable podcast. Whether Rob is talking about the industry behind a comic or current events, whether he is talking about a creator subject I adore or one I am. Ignorant of uninterested in, Rob has a way of talking about the subject and not just entertaining me, but also educating me. And somehow he convinces me <laughs> I should throw some money at those subjects I don't think I'm interested in because he made it sound awesome. Okay, that's very kind. Thank you for that. Um, I'm not sure if I should say I'm sorry or thank you. Then he continues. He says, Rob's observations has made Tuesday and Friday my favorite days of the week and has made me dread the holiday season because I know Rob will take a well-deserved break from his Blue Yeti microphone. Give Rob's observations a listen. You will either love it or you will be wrong. No in-betweens. Anyway, thank you for all the hours of ear and brain food. Rob, stay awesome. Thank you, M-A-J-S-J-J-D, Majsid. Thank you. That that was, uh, that was really, you know, r- really, like, I want to say, um, over the top, in, in its in its in its um love and and I and I feel it man I really I feel the expression and I thank you and again uh I'll try and take a shorter break next time see it works it works uh thank you for expressing it thanks for getting the word out because I know that if you're writing it in that in that podcast you're telling your friends and I appreciate it I so appreciate uh the 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 you know, the, the, the way we're getting the word out on the show. And I, and I, I love now that I can tell you guys, go listen to 180 some podcast. And, and again, like today tried to share a gem with you, tried to share a piece of history. Again, a group of retailers, the comic reader, that's a thing. This was shared. I, I had to share it with you guys. It is amazing. Thank you for spending your time with me. I hope that you continue to spread the word and listen to the show and enjoy the show. I am all over social media. I'm on Twitter. I am at Robert Liefeld, the whole name with the blue check on Twitter. I used to spell it, <laughs> but if I spell it today, I'm gonna faint. I'm <laughs> I'm light on the on on the on the on the blood sugar. Okay, so I'm at Robert Liefeld at Twitter. It's got a blue check. That tells you it's really me. I love talking to you guys. I've been talking to a lot of you lately. I love 
um, just sharing with you guys. Like a couple of you guys, sometimes you come on, you ask me, hey, is this really your signature? Because my signature has evolved over years. I am always happy to confirm, yes, that is. Or there have been very few times, I will tell you, that is bogus. But again, just an example of how we talk, the stuff that we talk about. It was hamburgers the other day. It was so fun. Um, and on Instagram, I am at Rob Liefeld, just Rob Liefeld over there. Again, the same way you spell it. It's got a blue check. That's really me. Thank you for the comments. Thank you for the DMs. Thank you for the messaging. I am so excited to always um, read your messages, your comments, talk to you on all of these platforms. This show, Rob Observations with Rob Liefeld, has a dedicated fan page over on Facebook or on Meta, whatever they're calling it now. Look it up, find it, like it, leave a comment. I try and make my way over there and like them and respond. I have a fan page on Facebook called Rob Liefeld and Extreme Group. That's the right one. There's an old one that we don't really have active anymore. It has Extreme in it too, unfortunately. But um, this one is Rob Liefeld and Extreme Group. Come join it. We hang out there. We share more visually. And and, and, and it's, a, it's a really fun group. It's been going on for about uh, six, seven years. It's a really fun group. I invite you to seek that out because I'm all over Facebook. I'm, I'm all over the place. I'm in all manner of different clubs. And, uh, you know, uh, I just... It, 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 I know there are a lot of people who have who who don't have the love for Facebook. I'm not that guy. I, I love Facebook. It's it's fun still. It's fun. I don't go there looking to influence myself politically or others. I just go to have a good time. Come on. So, and speaking of a good time, at the end of every show, I tell you, have a good time. Go eat some great food. Hang out with good friends, with good family. Watch some fun sports, some fun shows, streaming, movies. I mean, the world that we always wanted is here. You can look it up. You can press a button and boom, it comes on your TV show. The stuff that I, 20 years ago, I'd be like, I just want all these movies available to me. Boom, it's here, okay? All these streaming platforms, all these great great opportunities to hang out and get some, you can get some B-movies, some old horror stuff. I mean, come on, it's all available for you guys. It's it's so much fun. So, but, but, but the, above all else, relax, take care of yourself, take care of your mind. It's your spiritual self, your emotional self, your physical self that you got to tend to. And sometimes it means kicking up the, 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 the legs on the couch, chilling, just taking in some fun entertainment after you've had a great meal. And, uh, you know, you guys, I just obviously read comics too. <laughs> read comics and books, all sorts of stuff. Um, so carry on, guys. Take care of yourselves. Um, thank you for listening. Please make sure and circle back one more time because I'll be here and we will talk again real soon.